Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Uh, it's been good to be back. Uh, where is Patrick? Yeah, Patrick, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm back to get my missions position. So I know you just got this position like a few months ago, <laughs> but I'm back to take your position back. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> how, how long were you a missions coordinator? Like a month? <laughs> few weeks? Yeah, I'm seriously taking back that position, man. I'm back. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But I was telling him that uh, I, like three, four times, I kept forgetting to bring the file of missions. I was about to give Pastor Michael uh, when we were moving. We found out when we were unpacking stuff, we had a file of missions with you. I said, oh my goodness, what have I done? I was supposing to hand it back to him. So... Because of my good memory, we brought it with us this time, but I forgot it to my in-laws. Like this morning, I was about to bring it with me. I said, oh, yeah, I should take this to uh, Patrick, but unfortunately, I forgot again. So I think Michael helped me to find the medicine of not forgetting, (laughs) if there is any. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Uh, It's been good uh, to have time of moving, though we were sad when we were moving because really uh, we love this family and we love this place seriously. And when we moved down to Florida, oh my goodness, it has been awesome and at the same time awful because uh, I first went there in November uh, since I was uh, to start working at this place uh, It was November 16, so no matter what, I needed to move first before uh, Bethany and our new baby, yeah, uh, came over. So I found a place a little quick, like rushing. I didn't know that it was hard to find a place in Tampa, so we found this place. Uh, Then I came back after a week or two, uh, picked up the rest of the family, and went back. Oh my goodness, from day one, we wanted to move out from this apartment. It was like uh, bad. Uh, we did not have even the things that they listed online that, okay, the house has air conditioning. It did not have even air conditioner. So you know how Tampa is. The AC was not working. And that time it was like very hot those days. And uh, oh my goodness, the other part, I even failed to describe uh, we had like bugs everywhere, in the fridge, everywhere, bugs crawling to the point that he, they could grow to her bed of the baby. So it was really hard and almost every time, every day we just wanted to get out of this house. So we had a second move again, like just two weeks from that place and we found another place, which we thank God. And uh, we did appreciate for Pastor Michael and Pastor BJ, they helped us move help us pack the truck, it was really uh, helpful to us. But finally, we made it. All in all, we just thank God for everything. You know, the scripture says, in everything, you needed to give thanks to God. So we are so thankful. 
And uh, we are glad that we could spend two weeks uh, here in Tennessee. We were sharing uh, this. I share the same birthday with my mother-in-law and also my grandma. So it was like good. We said, oh, let's uh, go down to Tennessee for two weeks. And uh, the school is going on good. Uh, I asked my professor if I could do uh, take classes the, those two weeks on Zoom. He said, okay, because some people, they take classes outside of the state. So we'll be still doing some lessons while we are here. All in all, we thank God that we could finally meet uh, new faces and also the faces that we were here together. Let's dive in, into the word in prayer. Lord Jesus, would like to thank you for this time that he, uh, we can be back and be with the family again of Emmanuel. We are so thankful to have this privilege that he, uh, I can speak and share some of the things that you are doing to us. And he, we are so thankful that uh, you always take care for us and he, be there for us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. So I was privileged for a couple of days uh, watching uh, through the Facebook Live. And I was really uh, excited to see Candy back last Sunday, I think, right? Yeah, I said, oh, yeah. So we're enjoying the singing and the, uh, for the preaching, I think, the, for the past weeks that uh, BJ is speaking about the Holy Spirit. And the, uh, it was hard for me uh, when he asked me uh, to speak. So I said, oh, you know what? I think I should find a topic. Uh, in relation to the Holy Spirit, is in his that series of uh, the Holy Spirit. So at the same time, I was wrestling with God because uh, we just finished a course at school. Uh, we were doing Psalms and Wisdom Literature. And there was a, uh, a Psalm that stood out to my life and it was kind of like encouraging. So I was like, okay, God, uh, what should I share when I go to Emmanuel? Should I uh, share about the Holy Spirit uh, part? Because it was burning also in my heart. I was just, oh, yeah, I think I can speak on the Holy Spirit. And also at the same time, it was like the life-changing story that uh, I was going through when we had that class of the Psalm source. What should I do then? Then, you know, I just had peace to share with you uh, from the book of Psalms this morning. So I know BJ will keep... Uh, uh, talking with the series of the Holy Spirit, but I may not be able to speak that area. I will just bring a word of encouragement this morning from the book of Psalms. So let's travel together in this journey exploring Mr. Asaph. I don't know how you say it, but uh, I pronounce it as Asaph, Psalm Asaph. Either way, you can pronounce it. Psalm chapter 73. Uh, so we'll be reading and speaking. Uh, some things from the book of Psalms, chapter 73. And uh, I will not read all the verses. We'll be reading along. But uh, Psalm 73, as I just said, uh, the author is uh, being identified as Esav. Of course, he, if you try to uh, find out from scholarly, like different scholars, they have got debates on who is the author or that. We're not getting into that, but uh, Asaph is the one who wrote uh, this uh, psalm. And chapter 73, it's called uh, Wisdom Psalm. Uh, he's sharing about some of the wisdom and the knowledge that 
we as people who are following God as Christians wish to do. So uh, his presentation of whatever he encountered in life is in relation to wisdom, giving wisdom to us as believers. So as you can see from the notes, uh, in verse 1 to 15, or what is the uh, focusing, it's about the wicked. When I heard uh, Michael this morning when he was sharing about someone and the word wicked was found there, and he, also when BJ up here when he was just giving a consultation, he mentioned about the wicked uh, people and all that, I was like, oh, I think today the word wicked is on stage. So uh, much of the things that Asaph was presenting was about the prosperity of the wicked people. So that was like a great problem with him and uh, he had issues. So coming back to the uh, a little bit of background, we know Asaph that he was a great singer, a great musician. Those time or that time, the government and the, the church or the religious, I think was going together. So one being the great leader uh, in the government was also related to religious issues. So Asaph, he was one of the great leaders during the time of David, and he was a great singer. And some people, they have identified that uh, the great of the greatest singers in the world being Asaph. So when I was reading what he presented, I was kind of like, wait a minute. This is the man who is the great, and who, who was great, and he, he was a great singer. And during that time, he could sing even during worship, and he could lead and direct all the worship. But now he's presenting a problem that he faced. Let's travel with the Asaph. Let's read from verse 1 through 5, chapter 73. Uh, I forgot to tell... Uh, BJ, that I was using the ESV, then I went to standard vision, uh, standard vision, American standard vision, so it was like kind of like back and forth. So if what I read here is different to the version there, don't, don't even worry. If he pulls up everything he has, we are going to go along with him. So we'll read uh, verse 1 through 5, chapter 73. Truly, God is good to Israel to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the weak. For they have no pangs until death, their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. So the first thing that we see is the goodness of God and the prosperity of the wicked. That's what Asaph is, is saying. So you can see how Asaph is presenting. It's kind of like awkward a little bit because he's starting with the conclusion of the story. He's not like, uh, you know, when we study stories, we start with the introduction and we go, oh, A, B, C, D to point A, B, C, D. But he brings the conclusion of the whole thing. So what he's saying, he's telling the people, he's telling the, 
Israelites, he's presenting his problems, starting with the conclusion. He said, oh, I want you guys to know that God is good. But he's good more to those who are pure. So you would say, ah, why is he starting presenting with the conclusion? Because already he's the man who has been in church, or he's a, a great Christian, we, we can call. He's a great leader. So he knows how good God is. He has already, he has already experienced in that. But regardless of that, he's still presenting the next step uh, about to whom is God is good. So if he, you see, uh, you see at the end of verse 1, he said, to those who are pure in heart. So meaning that God is good to everyone, either to the wicked people or to those who follow him. But he is good also to those who are pure in heart. So he was uh, presenting this to make sure that people should know and understand that even though God is good to everyone, but to those who are following him, he is good. If you love God, you should know and understand that you are in the position that God loves you no matter what. So he continues by uh, pointing uh, to whom is God good, as we just said. And uh, in the next step, we see him now presenting a problem that he has with this. So again, I'll read from verse 2. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So now, in verse 2 and 5, we see his disturbing problem. When he sees how wicked people are being prospered or they are doing well, he's like, wait a minute. I don't understand something. I'm missing something here. Why is it wicked people, people who are not doing the word of God, they are prosper than us who are following God? You know, one way or another, you personally, you might have come to that position that why am I having these issues but I'm still trusting God? Why am I walking in this way or facing this but I'm still trusting God. So uh, Asaph is trying to present uh, his issue. That's why uh, he's saying, my problem that I have is to see these wicked people. And uh, something that Asaph is saying, we can see in uh, verse uh, 6 to 15, is about the discouragement. Okay, you can go back to that. Uh, the discouragement of the things when he sees the, uh, the wicked people. It's a discouragement from the wicked prosperity. So Asaph was discouraged when he, compa when he compared his affliction to the wicked in his time. And uh, in verse uh, 6 to 15, we're not going to read, it's a long passage. It's just explaining the things that they were going through. Okay, they're like pangs, they're like fat. Uh, and that, that fat is not trying to mean like they were fat, 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 you know. It's just like it was, uh, they were doing good. It was just translated like they were doing good 
than those who are uh, believing in Christ. By the way, uh, let me say something on that one. When we were in Malawi back in Africa, I'm telling you, you would be surprised to hear this. Uh, when somebody is kind of like slim to us in Africa, we say that person is not eating well. So if he, uh, you are kind of like a, a little bit, uh, uh, please get me this slide. I'm not trying to say it in a different way. Uh, when we are in Malawi, and if somebody is getting more weight, we say he's fat. And we are excited with that. And people, I'm telling you this, oh, yeah, he eats well. He eats. And I'm telling you, when we see people who are like their bodies, slim, say, ah, what is, your, what is your problem? When Bethany came to Africa this, this time, yeah, she was kind of like big like that. And he, people saying, oh, oh, yeah, good. You know, now living in Africa, she missed some food that she did not have here. She started trimming up because she could not eat whatever she had here. So she became small, and she was excited. <laughs> and when she was excited, I had friends talking to me, Mishik, are you feeding Bethany? <laughs> She's looking so small. She did not come like this. We can see the pictures when you, you, you guys were <laughs> hugging at the airport. She was that good. What's wrong with you, Mishik? Are you, are you providing for us? Yeah, I am. She's excited. I said, no, no, no. Don't be happy because she's excited, Mishik. Do something. She needs to gain her weight because we see that if somebody's like that, I'm telling you, we came back from Malawi with those pictures. More. She's like excited. She comes here. We spend like three, four months. And, you know, she gained a little bit of weight because she had everything. And this pastor, uh, this uh, friend of mine, he's a pastor. Yeah, yeah, she, she, knows, she knows she's okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. So she's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not just making this up. Is it true? You can see she's agreeing. So we come up to U.S. like two, three months later. Uh, you know, she's eating good as me from my profession. <laughs> and I have this pastor, pastor from Malawi. Uh, he's so we had to post some pictures, and she commented. On uh, Bethany's post, I think was it. I don't know if I posted or she posted. And he's like, "Oh, Bethany, now you are fat. Yeah, that's good." <laughs> oh my goodness, Bethany's like, "What? No, this is not good." And I had to text him in person that, "Hey, brother, I'm sorry. Please remove that word. You don't." <laughs> so I think you are following me. What I'm saying. So. It, <laughs> Health, yes, yes, that's the right word, yes. <laughs> Thank you for helping me. Either. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of like fun, I'm telling you, with the uh, cultural difference, the way we see things here in the U.S. I'm telling you, I, I wish I could take the whole church going to Africa. You could experience new things and you'd be saying, oh, okay. Yeah, so you could understand some things. So what I'm saying is, that's not what Asaf is talking about. He's talking about well-doing of the people who are not following God. There have been times, seriously, in your life personally, if you can think back some of the things, if not some of you even now, as I'm speaking, when you see your situation to some point, you just think like maybe God has forgotten you. You just think like maybe God is not thinking about me. 
because of the situation you were in. That was so with the, uh, uh, Asaph. He was discouraged when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now, quickly I'll move to uh, verses uh, 17 to 22. We are going to read this because now it is kind of like turning everything. everything. But before we read verse uh, 17, let's read 16. Uh, if you can pull out verse 16. But when I thought, oh, sorry, I'm moving too much. I remember when I move, you have a heart uh, on the right side. So I don't want to have that. Okay, good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, when he was showing that pre preaching in the heart in the tint, I said, what? What's going on? So it was kind of like fun. So I was afraid to move close. And... But when I thought how... But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a, how do you say that word? Wearisome task. Wearing, not wearing. Wearisome, yes. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Now, this time, Asaph has come to the point now of thinking, of reasoning. After he has explained all whatever bothered him, I know I'm kind of like speeding up. I don't want to take much of your time. But I will sum up by saying though the problems that he had, the disturbing problem he had in the above verses, seeing the wicked doing well, they are not uh, having issues with their bodies, like they are not getting sick, you know, they are healthier than those who are doing God's will, you know, they are prosper in any way of their life. Like they are doing great, how you may call it. After all that, in verse 16, it says, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Now he was kind of like lost. He did not even like uh, think right or like, he's coming to the point of starting realizing that, wait a minute, I think I'm missing something. Now, in verse 17, uh, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I descend their end. Now, Asaph, after realizing that what he's thinking or worrying about the wicked people come to the point that is completely not making sense to him, in verse 17, he said, until he went in the sanctuary. You know, that time God was present in the church. So until he went and sought out with God, wrestled with God, going in God's presence, we can call it time of prayer and just having time with God. Then he understood and discerned their end. Let's uh, go ahead uh, read all the verses. Verse 18, truly, you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream, when one awakes, O oh Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was uh, pricked in heart. I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. 
you guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will receive me to your to, to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. And the last verse. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refugee, and I may tell of all your works. So from verse 17 to 22, what we see there, we see the power of God's presence in verses 17 and 22, the power of God's presence. We see that when you come in the presence of God, when you sought God, when you come to the point of realizing that, you know, I cannot think this alone, I cannot do this alone, we see that God intervenes and helps you to understand. So until I entered in the sanctuary, until I went in God's praises, then I experienced and learned that the end of these wicked people, it's what? Destruction. It's ruin. Even though they are doing good, we are not wishing them not to come to Christ, no. But if they, the weak keep on prospering and not come to God, you know, it's up to them. But God wants them. God wants everybody to come to repentance. But Asaph is saying, because I understood that even if I fight for getting riches, even if I fight to be prosper, if I miss you or prosperity without you, it's in ruin. So he realizes after going in God's praises that there's power in God's presence. Now I understand that I can enjoy my life even if I'm not prosper like the way the wicked people are. I can enjoy life. I can live my life with God right and good even if I'm not doing well as they are. Have you come to a point sometimes in your life that you have, fought, you have thought like God has forsaken you? If you have never, I have. There are moments in my life that I've gone through and even when I recall them, and think about those situations and times, I'm telling you, I don't want even to go back that time. Sometimes even now, when I encounter some situation, to be honest, I feel like, God, are you still with me? That was the same with Asaf. Do you know that sometimes we Christians, we have uh, spiritualized everything and stop being honest for ourselves with God? Sometimes we are killing ourselves because of not expressing or because of not being honest with God. Asaph was honest. He was a leader. He's not writing this when he's just like a mere person or what. He's a leader. He was a great man. But he realizes and expresses himself before God that, God, I know this is my weakness. This is my challenge. Why are these people doing great than us? We are following you. There's a great lesson that we can learn from Asaph. 
expressing ourselves to God. Be honest with God. This is bothering me, God. Please, I need you. We should not try to put that uh, uh, spiritual face and say, oh, I'm good, I'm great. Hey, you are not great. You are not that good. There were people who were good. Show up yourself to God. Come in his presence, God, this is my problem. Help me. If he guides you to go to people to help you, go. You need that. You know, we come to the point of being holy than Christ himself sometimes. We don't need to. Okay, let's uh, get to the next step. No, so we see mainly in verse 17, which is also one of my favorite in this uh, chapter, that he is surrendering himself, surrendering oneself to him. So we need to come to the point of realizing when we realize that, okay, I cannot do this alone. We need to express ourselves and come to God and ask God to help us. Surrendering oneself. I'm kind of like fast and uh, trying to get to the uh, uh, last point. The, de the destination of the wicked revealed in verse 18 and 19 when we're reading. If you can go back a little quick, uh, verse 18 and 19. You can see in verse uh, 18 and 19 that uh, everything is being shown how these wicked people are going to end. Everything is being revealed uh, uh, in that passage. Verse 18. Truly, God, you send them in slippery places, you make them fall to ruin. That was the main thing that we see as the ending result of the wicked. Okay. I'll go quickly to my last point. Confidence and courage that we see now from verse 23. We already read. Uh, we are not going back to reading. But as of now, he's uh, showing his confidence now. After he has the come in the presence of God, he's showing us that he's confident enough to trust God regardless of the situation. And uh, his determination to keep moving, he's determined to keep going. We have seen that in verse uh, 23, 24. He's convinced that regardless of all this, but I have discovered that the attitude that leads to travel uh, of faith is to be obedient to God, determination. And the other thing that we see is fulfillment in verse 26 and, I mean, 25 and 26. Asaph uh, find a fulfillment in God that, you know, in God alone, I have all this. And finally, which I will ask him to pull out verse 27 and 28 again, we see about the witnessing about God's greatness. Now, after we have uh, reasoned together to see that the wicked are doing good and being a problem and uh, coming to the point of trusting God and realizing that, okay, this is the position that I should be, finally, we need to come back as what BJ has been preaching these past two weeks. We need to witness his greatness. We need to share. The whole point or the reason of us, I'm not going sidetracked or I'm not coming out from what I'm preaching, but the main reason of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the main purpose, if you read in verse 8, Acts 
uh, actually, chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 8. One. one, yes. Good. Thank you for helping, Pastor BJ. The main reason why we are empowered is to go out and preach and share the, the, share the good news. So verse number 27 and 28, uh, mainly 28, uh, Asaph says, God is our refugee. His eyes are always to his children. And uh, as long as we walk with God, God will be with us. As long as we walk with him, he's uh, promising to stand with us in all kinds of situations we may go through. One last point I want to conclude with. You know, preachers or pastors, they can give you three, four, five conclusions. They say, finally, now I conclude. Oh, my last point. Like five conclusions in one sermon. So you just bear with me. So that's not new if I do that like for you. Uh, sometimes, even though you don't have an explanation or even though you don't have answers, I mean, you, yes, you don't have answers to the questions you have. I have learned that we, sh we should still trust God. I shared with you, some of you, uh, one of the Sundays when we were sharing. I was once married before marrying to Bethany. I don't know why. I still don't understand up to now. I am one of the boys by then, boys. I prayed and fasted and what kind of prayer you may call it for all my time I came to Christ that I want to be married to one girl all my life. I prayed a lot. Why did I pray like that? In Malawi, I could see it might be the same here, a lot of divorce happening, going around. It bothered me. I was almost like wrestling with it every time. I had this brother, his name was Misius. We prayed, I remember we went in the mountain. Okay, not that we are looking God in the mountain, but we just wanted, you know, isolated time not to be distracted. We went there, I remember, two times from Friday to Sunday, not eating or drinking anything, just asking God for our future. God, we want you to help us to be this way in the future. One of the things that I remember in those two times of prayer was God, I just want to be married to one person until I die. It hurts me to see people like divorce or meet all these situations, you know. I ended up marrying to Violet. To my surprise, I first asked her, even before I knew to I knew Violet, I married, I first knew her and I first asked her to marry me before I met this girl I married later. I married her, she was God fearing, uh, prayerful, so supportive, and I'm telling you she was a woman of God. Two years later, she dies. Fast forward, I don't know why, 
God brings us back. I had questions, and I still have questions that I don't have answers. Why do God allow such things happen to people who are following God, people who are trusting him? My relationship then was good and it was great. And I'm telling you, I could feel that I'm ministering God with all my power, my strength, and I'm doing great. My prayer life was good, but that happened to me. And I said, God, why are you doing this to me? Have I done something wrong? We understand sometimes some things happen because maybe of something you have done, and not always things happen because of that. But what I'm trying to communicate here, there are those moments, they are real. Those situations, they are real in life. Your situation might be different to my situation. Your situation might be different to us situation, but you might have something that you have really come to the point of saying, God, why? I'm here to encourage you this morning that trust God even during those moments. Stand still. Keep your faith with God. And that's why when Jesus left, he said, I shall send the counselor, the Holy Spirit, who is holding us now. Moments that we go through, they are painful. Moments that we go through, they are even hard to describe. But even if we have situations that you cannot even explain why and how they are happening, let's still stand still. We have a great reward, the great salvation, the final salvation that we will dine and stand with God. But while we are here, let's seek him. That's why it comes to the conclusion that every time let's seek to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to go through in all those situations. We cannot do it by ourselves. And when that happens to us, it's a great news. Let's go out and spread to others. I'm telling you, some of them are dying because they don't know the truth, seriously. Because somebody's not even going out. Somebody's not even standing to share. We need to have that zeal from the power of the Holy Spirit. We should cry for those who are lost. What can I do? What, what part can I play? Because he empowered each one of us with a reason of accomplishing his will. Would you be happy to see your brother going to hell and you go to heaven? You wouldn't. And we need to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't have courage to share good news with anybody else by myself. I don't. Let me tell you one thing that is beating me now. Just two days ago when I, we came, three days, I had a friend who came helping me unloading the truck. Uh, we rented the big truck coming here because we are building some things these two weeks. I like building woodworking. I just love it. I can't help it. I thought I could help it, but I think I, don't, I can't. He's helping me unloading. God gave me a friend. During that time, when I built a table, uh, I don't know even if I can remember, it was a long table, tiny, tall. I sold it to this guy at Creighton Homes who we were working. Uh, his wife liked it a lot. We were friends. God was really 
helping me to witness to some people around Creighton, but I did not to him. He tells me two days ago that he hung up himself. He hung up himself and died. I'm telling, as soon as he said that, it had to hit me. Honestly, to be true, I never had a point of sharing good news with him, even though he came in my line, in my circle. It bothered me. I would not be happy to see him going to hell because he did not accept Christ. When we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, Pastor Michael, I remember in his sermons, a lot of them, let's begin where we are, in our neighborhood. There are some people that you don't even understand why God is giving you those people. Use every chance to give a witness. If you have a chance to go out, be a missionary, let's thank God. But let's use every chance God can give you us to give uh, good news about how great God is. And he'll be with us, regardless of the situations we are going through. Let's all stand. Uh, if you can call me to be crazy, call me that I'm crazy, but for God. I want you to take a moment first in your life and think about your life first. What situation is bothering you and disturbing you. When we sing that God is great, He's a miracle worker, He's a way maker, it is true, He is. This moment, I just want you to come to God. We'll pray for two things. Number one, the situation you are going in, just being real to God. And trust God that regardless of all this, God, I will still trust you. And number two, we'll pray that God, with this gift of the Holy Spirit you have given me, I need to fulfill this verse of number 28 of Psalm 73. I'll declare about his goodness. I'll tell others about how great God is. Use every opportunity that God is going to give you to anyone just to share the faith you have in him. You would not love, you would not like to see somebody perish because you did nothing. Tell him that God, the Holy Spirit you have given me, I want you to help me use it in your kingdom. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Yes, Lord. It is real and true that we go through situations and times that seems impossible to solve them. Sometimes we come to that point of saying, 
Where are you, God? Because of what we are going through. Sometimes we don't understand what is happening to us. You know us much better than the way we know ourselves, God. We have issues. It's real. We have problems. Help us to be honest and express ourselves to you. Help us to present all these problems to you, O oh God. I know and I believe that each one of us, we have got different issues, different problems, different circumstances we are going through right now, not only in Asaph's life, but right now. Lord, I pray for your people. I don't know what they are going through right now. You know it, O oh God. You know us by our names. You can even count our hair, O oh God. Meaning any single or specific or little problem, you know every detail of our life, God. I pray for your people in Jesus' name. Whatever they are going through now, now, as we are speaking, now as this time, come to the point of their needs, O oh Lord. Some, it's hitting. Some, jobless. Some, they don't even know what happens next because of the situation they are in, O oh God. But you have said in your word that you will hold our hand every time, O oh God. I pray that, God, you come to the point of their needs in Jesus' name. After he went through all what he went through, and realizing how great you, God, are, he said, now I can go out and witness the greatness of God. I pray in Jesus' name, as BJ is speaking, encouraging and edifying us as a church, I pray that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will take this courage to witness to somebody's life who is going to hell right now. We will have courage to support your ministry through your blessings, the money that you are blessing us with, oh God. We will use that and invest that into your kingdom that somebody should come to repent us, oh God. That's the reason why you have opened our eyes, oh God. Not only for us to enjoy this salvation, but also to call those who are outside to come into this family, oh God. It is my prayer this morning, oh God, that as you are empowering us to witness your goodness, oh God, you also fill us with your power that we can witness some needs to be set free from the bondages of what they've been going through. It needs the power of the Holy Spirit to do that, oh God. We need your God. We need your praises. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.